Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast, we are discussing Jessica Jones, Season 3, Episode 3, a.k.a. I Have No Spleen. All that right after this. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll. And I'm Jeff Randall. What's happening, Jeff Randall? Oh, man, I've spleened better episodes than this one. <laughs> oh, no. I'm sorry. Oh, no. Uh, don't don't be that guy. Don't be that, that spleen doctor. guy. <laughs> the spleen doctor don't, killed me, man. Don't spleen that guy. It's like, let me explain better days. You spleen me. Oh, man. Oh, man. It, it cracked me up, I will be honest. <laughs> it, it's just funny. It, it's funnier in lieu of who Jessica is. Like, that's yeah. why that's so funny. It's not just that, you know, it's a funny joke, because it's not. It's a real bad dad joke, but it's really funny in lieu of who Jessica is and how annoyed you know she is by it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super good. But I loved it, because it's such a great dad joke. Yeah. And him doing it twice. Let me explain earlier in the episode, and then... Oh, yeah. <laughs> so good. Oh. You explain like, better days. Every time, every time he did it, it just like washed over me like a comforting wave. <laughs> I was just like, yeah. <laughs> Sounds real creepy. It um, is. He was. Oh man! Speaking of creepy, Jerry Hogarth. Right. Yeah. Let's. I mean, we should probably have spoiler territory like oh, it's, a it's, minute ago. But yeah, because all those spleen jokes were real plot sensitive. Uh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Spoiler alert! Talking about episode three, we we've said that already. But spoiler alert: uh, Jerry Hogarth is uh, going overboard after this woman. Yeah, yeah. Um, like at first, I thought, oh, she just wants you know to reconnect with old fling, you know, show that she's still got it and she can still you know catch the ones that she used to have, and you know. Going back to the way back, and now it just seems like she's she doesn't live unless she's tearing down something else. Well, I think it's that she just wants what she wants and insists on it. Like, she's not giving up easily. Um, and the thing is, she doesn't just want a dalliance. She wants, the, she wants back her partner that she feels like she was most in love with of anyone ever, and she wants her back. And... She can't have it, and she's willing to completely destroy her life to get her back. And that's super selfish. Jerry is awful. <laughs> so, it seems like, it seems like under Jerry, Malcolm has gone down that path of selfishness. And Jerry is like the end of that path, you know, like yeah. where she's the, the dragon hoarding treasure and like always wanting more basically. That's a good point. That's a very good point. Hmm. So like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to see if there's any, you know, we talked last episode about how these three people kind of, the three different focuses and they're sort of single minded in their focus. Um, and, and I've been thinking more about what Jessica, like putting it through that lens, we talked about Jessica being sort of the cynical one, the sort of knowledgeable one, priding herself on that practicality. Uh, we talked about Trish desiring to be good. And we talked about, uh, Malcolm desiring sort of selfishness, which can be a good thing if you're talking about self care, but he's going over the line heading toward Jerry. Uh, I wonder if 
there is a an analog to that in the other it, to Jerry. Like, like, is there another ta- like sort of? Are there other paragons of these paths? Yeah. Are there other cautionary tales? That's kind of what I was wondering myself, and I, I, it, I don't know. I kind of want, I kind of want to think that Trish's mom is the one for Trish, where you have to sacrifice everything for you know putting yourself out there for the people because apparently the people deserve everything from you. Hmm. And see, I don't, I don't think that, but it could in another way. Uh, we also talked about Trish desiring to be consequential. Yeah. And, yeah. and desiring just to have an impact. Like it's not, Oh and, yeah, and her absolutely. Mom, it is her mom. <laughs> her mom is absolutely that for her. She's the paragon of desiring to be consequential even when she's not, and she just wants to be a part of things. She's she doesn't want to do good at all. And if that's the case, maybe maybe neither does Trish. Maybe maybe that's what they're maybe that's what they're getting at. Trish isn't Trish's desire to be good is more about her desire to be consequential than it is anything else. And that that her mom is that paragon. But then Jessica, I've been trying to figure out like what is Jessica's thing. And the thing that it crossed my mind this time is it's not so much. Um being you know being practical yes that that's just part of her character but what is her goal and i think it's uh it it is sort of autonomy and having power over herself yeah to the point that she pushes everyone else out of her life in this episode she did have so many instances where she was like you know, she, she fought for the, for the word victim to not be put on her. She right. said, you know, I'm not a victim as long as I can stop him. I'm not a victim as long as I can get him. You know, that's your, that's your word, not mine, basically. Yeah. She's like, I'm not a victim. I'm stronger than that. And she even said, my strength, it, you know, my strength is, is ingrained in me and it can't be taken away by anyone. Right. I wonder if that Jerry could be her paragon as well if you think about her desire to have sort of have her own power and not give give any of her power to anyone else not rely on anyone else for anything you know Jerry's kind of that character uh and and push to the and, and now she's in her older age is and getting close to death not old but you know she's older uh getting close to death she's wanting to reach back out and lacking these connections that she's pushed away all this time yeah it could be it could be see my my first thought was like it's eric it's obviously eric <laughs> Because he's so cynical and he's so nihilistic and the world is crappy. Like, obviously the cynicism is her is her aspect and he's the paragon and she needs to stop following him. Right. And and, and we're, we're talking about this as if it, there's definitely a paragon. There might not be. It may just be that we, we see that correlation with Jerry and... Yeah, Jerry and Malcolm and, and Trish and her mom. Yeah, so we see those, and and that 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 might give us a clue as to what their their futures look like and what they're trying to avoid. But we don't really have that for Jessica. Um, I was thinking it could be her mom, who she's lost at this point. Uh, but I don't know that we. Ha- it's kind of hard. I'm kind of a little fuzzy on what her character exactly was. Um, she did sort of, you know, insist on. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't know exactly. I can't really remember what her character was exactly. <laughs> so that's a little, that's a little fuzzy on that one. 
Well, it's weird, though, that the memories that Jess has of her mom differ very greatly from the memories I have of season two. Jess, like, in the flashbacks this so far this season, has been only seeing her mom, uh, like, saying, like, you need to be a hero and... Uh, you need to, you know, to do things with these with these powers that you've been given. Like yeah. you've got this gift, you need to do these great things. But then give I a remember, shit and do something about it, right? Give a shit and do something with it, and do something about it. And I remember very plainly there was a there was a situation where there was a burning truck where she was like, or her mom was like, "No, we don't need to get involved." And Jessica was like, "We have to do something. Like I can't just sit here and watch these people die." And so they got involved. Yeah, I, th- I think the the thing is, her mom finally came to the very end and realized she was proud of her daughter for what she'd become, despite of who she was. Her daughter had become someone that was a hero. Um, and I, to be honest, I'm fuzzy on season two, fuzzier than I want to be. Uh, another, another, another fuzzy past season thing that I realized, and I correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure in the first season. Jessica kept talking about what it is to be a PI in the voiceovers. You remember that? Yeah. She yeah. was she was constantly going like like almost like giving PI lessons in the voiceovers like to be a good PI you have to do this and you have to follow this and you have to think about this and yeah. people are shit and da da da. She had <laughs> I I just I didn't realize it in those first two episodes, but this episode I realized she's doing that for being a hero this season. Yeah. She's doing the same. It's the same thing, but she's like, to be a hero, you have to... Have a spleen. Yeah. (laughs) You need a spleen. (laughs) Um, No. uh, That's what she said. Yeah. Heroes have spleens. Heroes have spleens. But she does... She is is giving, like, to be a hero lessons now, which I thought was was interesting. It's an interesting turn. I mean, obviously, that's the big turn, but I thought it was kind of a cool parallel to what she did in the first season with being a PI and how to be a PI. Yeah, it is. It is interesting um, that you know she does that, and we always think of heroes as being so selfless. But you know, right after her surgery and having no spleen, she's not really taking care of herself and, not at all. You know, as we know, like we consciously know, with you know watching and thinking about it, like if you don't take care of yourself, you can't help anybody. So the best thing to do is to make sure that you're okay before you get back out there. But she's like not drinking any water and collapsing from dehydration. Yeah, and drink some water, girl. Drink some damn like, water. You need to be at least a little bit selfish. Like bring Malcolm back so that he can take care of you or something. Like damn it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a really interesting mix of what these characters all have their own. I really just like all of these characters. They all feel real. They all feel like they have their own flaws and their own drives to be good for whatever they're trying to be good for. You know, Jerry has her, even Jerry has her desires and she's wanting to reconnect with someone she loved, uh, in her late life that before she dies, which I, I totally get. She, but then, but then she crossed a line there. I mean, already with the infidelity, it's already crossing some moral boundaries because she thinks they're monogamous. Um, and then when she finds out they're not, she's very disappointed and wanted to burn down that lady's marriage. You know, she really wants to destroy that because she wants that connection. She wants to be the yeah. sole connection and, and love for that lady. I've got this, I've got this sinking feeling, this, this gnawing 
uh, thought that it's not just that she wants she wants the connection for herself. It's that she wants to tear that down. And I have not yet been convinced otherwise. Hmm. Interesting. I, I think she wants the girl. I think she, I think she remembers the love connection they had. She says it in this episode that that she's never felt more loved than, or she's never felt more in love with anyone than when she was with her. And yep. I think she wants that back. She she's regretting the her life decisions. That's that's the way I take it. But you know, maybe not. That cello scene was erotic as foo. <laughs> it was also really weird. <laughs> I didn't think it was weird at all. I thought it was erotic I found it to be and incredibly real sexy. Weird. <laughs> I mean, it could have been sexy, but like I don't know. I maybe I was looking at it through a different lens. I, maybe I was in a different headspace on it, but I, I just I felt creeped out the whole time. Mm. So I was just like, Jerry, stop! Just let her play the fucking song. Oh well, I I definitely understand where you're coming from. It was she was being bad. She's being very ethically questionable. But from a pure like this scene is sexy, and and, and the, the, there's the just sort of the taboo nature of what's going on. You can you can feel the tension in that scene, and I don't know. I thought it was a very sexy scene. Hmm. But, well, maybe we just have different. Uh, <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> We've. Got- <laughs> you don't. You don't have to think the same thing. A scene I think is sexy is sexy. That's very uh, subjective. <laughs> Yeah, we have different uh different kinks, you know. You like you like cellos in the bedroom. I'm I'm I do. I'm more of a violin fan. <laughs> <laughs> That's silly. Oh man. Uh it's silly AF. All right. Um <laughs> Sorry. That's great. Sorry. Uh Malcolm showing his skills again this episode. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Really good at what he does. I really felt like he, okay, the way that, the way that that scene in the, in the professor's office was acted made it seem like he was just coming up with shit on the spot. And I thought that that was uh, freaking amazing for, from a character perspective, like for the character of Malcolm to just kind of come up with that shit on the spot. It was like, man, he's come a long way. Like way to go, Malcolm yeah. doing your job. Well, he'd, he'd obviously done his research about what the guy's, uh, what the guy teaches and what he needs to, like he had a backup plan on backup plans and I, and I, and he seemed to improvise well. Like he, he, he really yeah. did know what he was doing. Not just that, but it also seemed like he kind of, it not just improvised well, but it like it kind of felt like it flowed into being actual truth of like you know i'm I'm questioning everything I've known to be moral, and you know I need an ethics class you know to to kind of help me work through the morality of life and I was like is this is he he's he really does want to take the class <laughs> oh yeah, that's true that's true he, like i think I think those were real uh Real conversations from him, from his actual yeah. character. I thought that was interesting to go there. Uh, it was really cool. Yeah, I, I just think that, that that whole interaction was like Daredevil monologue level phenomenal acting and just like really, really tugged at the emotions for me. And I'm, you know, knowing what struggle you've gone through recently, um, I'm sure it, it kind of helped, you know, 
tug on your heartstrings a little bit too, right? Uh, for sure, for sure. Um, so what do you think? Uh, what, what do you think of the plot elements? This, this, uh, for one thing, I really love the, the, how much, how much the spleen had consequences. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of it just being up, oh, you survived because you're a super. Yeah. It was very specific too, in the way that, uh, you know, it's her spleen. She, she now has a medical condition that is yep. causing this problem. <laughs> she, she has a bracelet that says, I have no spleen. Yeah. Thought that was really cool. Um, <laughs> I, I, I just thought that going forward, her having like real consequences from having this problem is is neat. Um, yeah. I also thought from the I called it, but uh, it was not the 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 first guy was was not the guy who stabbed her. The first guy they go after. Oh yeah, I forget his name. Um, they don't. Andrew Brant. Brant. Brant is not the guy. And then the further twist that the guy wasn't after her at all. He was after Eric. Yeah. But was he though? I don't know. I feel like I didn't follow it the same way. I was really tired when I watched it though. I I didn't follow it the same way that, that she kind of, she has a flash memory of the guy stabbing her. And when he stabs her, he grabs her shoulder as if he's just trying to push her out of the way to get behind her. Like he's not there to stab her and run away, but it, maybe he doesn't even know she's a super, but she stab she stabs the guy, grabs it or he stabs her, he grabs her shoulder and that's when she remembered him grabbing her shoulder and pulling her forward like he's just trying to get past her and then he gets punched and thrown down the hallway and realizes, "Oh, this is I brought a knife to a super fight. Um I better I better back off and yeah. and runs away. Um, but, but that's, that's what she remembers. Yeah. I, I do remember her getting stabbed and then the guy getting immediately punched. I, I don't remember seeing the, the shoulder grab. Well, that was what she flashes back and shows it in slow motion in her memory and remembers yeah. the, remembers the shoulder grab and him pulling her forward and realizes that he, she was not his target at all. He, she was just collateral damage. Yeah, her she was spleen lateral damage. I don't know. I tried no. to make a spleen pun. I can't make a spleen pun. Not with collateral. Come on. I'm no doctor spleen. <laughs> <laughs> I am doctor spleen. You no. ever heard Doctor Worm? Nope. It's a good song. You should listen to Doctor Worm. You should all listen to Doctor Worm. So anyway, that burger was real good, right? <laughs> Oh, I, I really did like that he made the burger for her and left it for her. <laughs> it was like epic first date. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was really good. It makes me like him, even though, I don't know, and Jessica likes him. Uh, you know, Je- Jessica's hard to please. She likes cool people who aren't just after, they, they seem like they generally have a good personality or whatever. Like she likes, I, I generally like her choices in men. <laughs> like... <laughs> Fair. I don't know. Well, I guess maybe not, but she just, she just, she doesn't, she's, she goes after men for their personalities generally. Yeah. <laughs> like instead of kind of fun, being, interesting personalities. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of just being large, muscular men from Harlem. Well, she likes those too. But he, even then, she likes, <laughs> she seems to really like personalities anyway. Luke has a great personality. Luke does have a great personality. I really hope Luke shows up this season. I know he won't. I hate to keep throwing that in your face. I'm sorry. But I like, wish, I wish uh-huh. that he would. Luke's not here. I just, I think there's, 
definitely room to have a, a Luke episode. And I just, I hope that they do it. Right? Like, they do it in every other season of every other show, right? Like, there's, they squeak one in, except um, for maybe Punisher. They've never really done it with Punisher. They've, they've never really done it with Daredevil, except for introducing the Punisher. Um, they've only done Luke Cage once on Jessica Jones. I don't think anyone showed up in season two. Well, 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 sir. Yeah. Luke was introduced on Jessica Jones. That's true. One. So, so they've introduced people. The only two people have really crossed over like that have been, uh, really just Danny Rand crossing over into Luke Cage the one time. If I'm remembering correctly. So there's really only been one of those episodes. Didn't Luke show up in, in Iron Fist? Uh, not that I recall. Not in the first uh, season. Uh, damn. did he show up in second season? I don't remember that. Man, I don't remember anymore. No, I don't, I don't think he did. I don't think Luke Cage shows up in Iron Fist at all. Uh, damn it. just Iron Fist shows up in Luke Cage the once. Well, more crossovers are better than no crossovers. Yeah. Wait, does he? I, I want to say something like, <laughs> no, no, he doesn't. I, I, I want to say like, maybe I remember Danny Rand mentioning something about, him being a crime boss or something, but I, that's, I can't remember. Nah, I think that's a false memory. Well, uh, Misty, Misty crossed over into, uh, Iron Fist season two. And that's true. She said the last time I saw Luke, he was in a bad place or I didn't like what I saw. That, that, that must be it. Uh, that must be what I'm thinking of. And, and they, they definitely died with the side characters. I mean, obviously Claire has been on all of the shows. So, Oh, Sorry. Sorry, while you were talking, I, I kind of just bumped back to Jessica Jones, uh, season three, episode one, uh, right at the end there where she got stabbed and he did like try real hard to get her out of the way. Yeah. He, he was just trying to get by her and she yeah. didn't realize at the time cause she was being stabbed. Uh, but, yep. uh, yeah. So that's, yeah, being that's stabbed the will do that to you. <laughs> well, guys, uh, we are the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Hit us up at mcucast.com, at mcucast on Twitter, facebook.com slash mcucast, all those things. Um, if you'd like to hear these episodes a little faster, we're trying to get them out as quick as we can. Uh, where They go up quicker on the Patreon, so go to patreon.com slash mcucast, support the cast, and then you will get the episodes quicker and ad-free. Um, and uh, if you'd like to hear more from us, uh, I have two other podcasts. I have the Orville Universe podcast and the Star Trek Universe podcast, as well as I make music. Check it out anywhere you get music. Search for Matthew Carroll. Peace. Until next time, true believers. 